Okay, so everybody, welcome to the opening and you know the first episode of Creative Spaces, a program created by myself, Josie, and by Kleisi. We're the founders of the Panas World Collection, and in our quest of preaching the message there to create, we felt that we needed a vessel to communicate the message, you know, in a fun way, but also in an informative manner. Um, that is why we created. Uh, this creative spaces, a weekly program that will bring together the brightest and most innovative minds in the space together um, in order to motivate and teach our audience to reach their own goals and follow their passion. Um, so let's quickly talk about, you know, who we are for, you know, those of you who don't know. We are a brand with the goal to preach creativity fueled by passion to our characters, uh, the panas. Um, of course, our main goals to promote the message there to create and why there to create you may say so in today's society we're made to believe that we need to work for somebody else and create for somebody else's future and you know we felt that this is an issue as some humans may live a life without finding what makes them special and gives purpose to their reality you know, everybody has a different passion talent or skill that fills them with joy and gives meaning to their life Yet the world is limiting people and is preventing them from reaching their true creative potential. You know, that is why we all need to dare to create so we can live a life following our passion that is purely unique to us and only us. So today we will be joined by a really special guest and honestly a home run for the opening of the podcast. Um, Bebe Chess, I don't know like what, I, what do you want me to call you. So uh, Dr. Brian Ramos or Bebe Chess. Um, what do you feel comfortable with? I mean, I guess uh, most people know me by Bebe right now, Bebe Chess, so Chess or Bebe or what have you, it's fine. Okay, okay, so we'll call you Bebe. It's a pleasure to have you here, by the way. So, you know, there's so much to, to Bebe Chess, and, you know, we wrote a brief introduction for him as, you know, we thought that there's so much to him. So, let's briefly in introduce Bebe Chess, our, our guest. So he's a multifaceted individual and a certified stress specialist with a bachelor's degree in microbiology and a PhD in neurobiology from Yale University. He is also a yoga master and a student of life that has a passion for mental health and serving others in order to help them reach their true potential in a great mental state. Now he became a master in the web free space, collaborating and advising huge collections like yoga pets and then creating a collection of his own called Digimox, that preaches holistic health and mindful business for the next generation of entrepreneurs. So, you know, everybody give a warm work, welcome and a virtual round of applause to Bebe Chess. And, you know, it's a pleasure to have you here, man. Uh -huh. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I had a great conversation with somebody today, which kind of like uh, is related to the topic of today of creative spaces. I want really people to understand that we're living in a once of a lifetime opportunity. I haven't seen this in modern times ever in the history of humankind, because uh, if we thought that Web2 was very valuable for humanity in terms of everything that it's, uh, all the doors that's open, how eff uh, more efficient it's made the world and how, how information is so much more accessible to us and the creative powers that the internet really opened up as an entrepreneur. Uh, it took it probably about 20 years or so to really reach the market cap that it has today, which I think is a four or $5 trillion. 
And Web3 is going to do at least twice that much in a fraction of the time. And so we're talking about everything is going to be digitized. And I had really a kind of more brick and mortar approach I used to do, in, uh, which I will still want to do in real life events, retreats and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden, the uh, March 2020 came around. And as I started to dig deeper and deeper into what was going on in the world, I realized that a lot of what we were being fed in the media, it's not necessarily that it was a lie, but it was more of a manipulation to distract us from the bigger picture. And I realized that I needed to make a, a, a quick pivot and start to immerse myself in crypto and NFTs so that I could really take what I was building into the future. And now I, uh, I have like, uh, I feel like I'm now with all the pieces there and I keep having meetings to keep iron out all the details so that we're ready to front run a movement that I see coming in Web3. And, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to be here. That's amazing, man. So you mentioned um, how we have so much information nowadays this big opportunity we have on Web3, Web2, also, you know, constant growth rate. But yet, there's this overstimulation in today's society and these excessive screen times that stop people from actually, you know, using all that information to build something for themselves. What's some advice you will give people to kind of get a, get a sense of what they need to do in order to step aside from that overstimulation that they have, you know, being all day on their phones can take, take away productivity. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I, I've been driving with my daughter and sometimes I'm holding the phone in my hand and I tell her everything I do almost depends on this device. I use it um, as a tool. And the, the issue is that oftentimes with technology, it is designed, as I've mentioned many times, it is designed to steal our energy. To by how? By stealing our attention. And in a culture where attention has been on the decline, attention deficit is on the rise, mostly due to technology. Um, this actually becomes even more imperative that I learn ways in which I can find balance between the modern technology and ancient technology. And that ancient technology are these practices that can keep me more whole and focused. And so when I spend uh, time on social media, it's always with the intention to continue to further my growth, to establish more connections, to provide value, to learn, and to also market or get the message out. And oftentimes we use uh, the internet and technology for other purposes that tend to be a little bit more frivolous. And so the mind is designed to crave uh, frivolousness. It wants to be idle. It wants to gossip. It wants to play games. And we have to entrain the mind to become more disciplined. This is why uh, in the Digimonks, the first part of this mesh kind of protocol that I uh, came up with was the idea of mindful investing or mindful business where my wellness is important for my success in any endeavor. And, um, and I teach 
uh, a very kind of unique approach where everything is very integrative and hybrid. So everything kind of intermixes. I don't want people to just focus on that one technique. I want them to bring that one technique into other things that they're doing and to be able to do it in a way that they could be on the computer, they could be in the car, they can find any moment. It doesn't require that much space for them to be able to reset and refocus. And so that's the danger that I find with technology, which I have done some events on and I'll, I'll be doing more for the Digimonks and Yoga Pets is to understand how technology is our enemy, but at the same time understand that technology can be our friend, a very powerful ally that can allow us to elevate our life. And on uh, Wednesday um, of next week, I'm doing a spaces with a friend of mine from Digital Sages where him and I are kind of now collaborating. And he's not necessarily, I would say, part of the Digimonks team. I I see him more as a collaborator where we're going to build something. And we're doing a really cool episode on the karmic uh, power of Web3 and how how depending on how you interact in web three, it can either cause you to sink or really take off like a rocket. And I've experienced that this year where I've only focused on providing value. And at every turn, there's opportunities opening up and people reaching out to help and people wanting to be a part of what, what we're doing because they've seen the impact in their own lives and they hear the message and they crave it. And there's a huge hole and uh, and we're positioned to fill that hole. Nice, nice. So from what I've listened, you have like a holistic approach to life. And now with the rise of Web3, of course, you realize the true potential that Web3 has, you know? Um, as you said, Web2 oh, had a huge market cap and Web3 can beat those numbers in a faster rate. So I think that if we take all of the positives from Web3, they outweigh the negatives. And I think that um, us humans are interdependent. And of course, now we cannot do depend in, uh, uh, we depend of technology. But if we take the good things of technology and take advantage of the Web3 space and how it can connect us and further our horizons, I think that you're going to have a really, really great impact on these entrepreneurs that, you know, are trying to grow and make a name for themselves. And I do think that you can have, you can have a great balance with, you know, web three and, you know, your regular life. It's all about, you know, practicing the things that you preach, you know, still being mindful, but uh, still appreciating, you know, your real life, your, so- your social life, but still immersing in the world of web three as well. And just, like you said, you can either like go to the top from Web3 or, you know, sink down. But, you know, I think that your perspective on it is amazing. And I do, do think if you find a balance, you can go to the moon with it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like if I think about when I was the age of some people that are here, you know, maybe some, you know, when, or maybe when they were a little bit younger. My, when I was in the teenage, teenager and I wanted to like do research and find information 
it was such a laborious process. You know, there were still encyclopedias and you'd go to a library and had to find like a volume. I remember when I was at Yale, they had like a library and you had to search for whatever they give you in a journal. You have to walk downstairs and find this journal. And nowadays everything is just at our fingertips. So web tool really opened the door to um, a, a more kind of streamlined approach to business and learning that makes our ability to, to grow in any arena uh, much easier. What Web3 is going to do is it's going to allow for any creative mind to be able to recreate anything that currently exists in Web2, be able to do it in Web3 format. And so if I were to like take you to the journey of the vision, uh, which we'll be doing uh, in the near future, the Digimons and the Yoga Pass, I want to do an AMA. Uh, as I as I was explaining to somebody today, the vision of how this is going to work out, you'll really appreciate the power that um, Web3 will bring. Um, you know, there are always dangers and ways in which we can always fall into a hole or abuse things, but that's why we have to be very mindful and vigilant and make sure that we are using these tools to our advantage. You know, like... Uh, TikTok is one, and I've seen this because I've worked with the younger generation. They figured out something about the algorithm that is able to influence human consciousness and condition people and get them to uh, do things that they otherwise wouldn't do or believe in things that they otherwise wouldn't believe. And so there's a danger as a user for that. But as a builder, there's a huge advantage because if you are aligned with good values and you really want to provide value, your message can be heard and you can get connected very quickly with people that resonate with that meth message. I feel like more so than other uh, platforms. And in uh, a format like uh, NFTs, it's really the reason why every single business is dying to learn and get into this. And it's why anybody that's setting themselves up as a consulting firm or as a development uh, group where they can like do the coding and help advise these Web2 projects, whether nonprofit or for profit, are going to stand to really do very well in the coming decade or two, because there's a lot of businesses that don't know anything about this sector. And yet they're dying to learn uh, this because it's a great way in which to build a brand, a community, a business. And so... You know, that's why I, when I saw the opportunity, I was like, I have to go ahead and do this because I had this dream of, of sharing um, this vision with the world of a new possibility. And, and that's what gave rise to the Digimonks. And who knows what, what the future holds. Uh, you know, it may evolve into something else and something else. But, um, you know, I'm ready for the journey. I've made the commitment. And uh, let's see what the future brings. Yeah, I got a question about that. So you say uh, you got this opportunity to come into the space. What exactly like made you come to the space? How did you learn about NFTs and what was your first move um, coming to the space? Yeah, um, I was already invested in crypto because uh, I first started in finance, macroeconomics, and then I knew that the current fiat legacy system was being destroyed. And in, and, it, and in its place was going to come a digital form with two elements. One, which will be very similar to the fiat, which is the CBDC version, the central bank version. 
and as well as the crypto version. And, uh, and then I started to hear about a lot about um, NFTs and I thought it was like some scam, whatever. I dismissed it um, to much to my dismay. And I ended up eventually finally starting to learn a little bit more. And eventually I took the plunge with a product that actually I still hold that I'm a big fan of, which is Chibi Dinos. And one, there's a Digimonks that's actually a, a Chibi Dino. And they, you know, for my benefit, that first product that I got into ended up being a really solid one with a good team. But I did, you know, end up getting into projects that ended up being rugs, multiple ones. So there's always a high risk and people need to understand that the NFT space is um, a very hit or miss. It's much more, it's much riskier than investing pre-IPO in companies because at least pre-IPOs are a little bit more regulated. However, those are extremely risky as well. You know, probably 90% of what you invest could end up being a dud. And in NFTs, it could be the same or even, or even more than that. And so what I, dis- what I learned very quickly was that I needed to invest in people. And this is why relationships matter, interpersonal skills. Um, not being just behind a keyboard, but actually getting in front of a camera, getting on speaker and speaking with people, getting to know them, uh, helping them, um, you know, giving them advice whenever you could or suggestions. And so that started to really open the door to greater connections. And as I started to do that, I realized, hey, I have this passion. I start to, to kind of like offer it to different communities. And I ended up running across kind of a community that I felt had some of the bones and just didn't have the team that was ready. It was too young. I'm not going to mention what it is, but people who know my journey know what this community is. And eventually I ended up leaving that community because they just didn't have what it took. And I just kept producing. I just kept doing what I have been doing all along. And then just doors started to open slowly. And, and people must understand that this doesn't happen overnight. This takes a lot of perseverance. And I see um, some llamas here. And I was talking to a llama earlier today about NFT llama. And I said, look, I, I would love to meet NFT llama because I feel like him and I are like kindred spirits. We're very similar. And I, he inspires me a lot because the man is an absolute workhorse and a beast. And that's what I realized I needed to do. I needed to just out, outwork, out hustle, do whatever it took to get that message out and to deliver value no matter what. And people thought, that I had a team and in reality it was just me doing this and finding like really, you know, you have to understand that I have more time than anybody listening. But what I've done is I perfected the art of maximizing my time so that I can do more in the same 24 hour window without sacrificing my health, without sacrificing my family, my kids, um, my well-being, so on and so forth. And that is what I want to teach in this space, in the Digimonks, as well as the, what we're building with the yoga pets, so that this young generation can last into the future because this space is going to be dominated by young millennials, Gen Z, and Gen Alpha. And they are the ones that are more at risk in terms of this um, conditioning that I'm seeing in social media and uh in and the internet and so i want to safeguard them and strengthen them so that they can really last uh a long term you know eventually i got into the cyber cons 
ecosystem and I started to really learn about how to build a community, how to deliver value um, without uh, so much fluff and that some you know communities may have. And, uh, and I'm still a holder of the cyber things and I think I'll probably be a holder for the rest of my life. And I don't tend to really uh, sell anything, maybe some VXs in the future, you know, maybe sell a top and then buy back. But um, so eventually I met the Yoga Pets and that's where the Yoga Pets team and that's where um, uh, I'll share a, a quick story is that when I was meditating many years ago and I continued to have these visions of the future of what I wanted to build and all I asked for one thing. I never, I don't, I don't think it, that, I don't believe in worshiping in the sense that I don't pray to ask for stuff for myself. The greatest form of worship is loving service. And I live by that every day. So I embody everything I teach. And I asked, the only thing I asked was to make my body, my mind, my spirit, the perfect vehicle to be able to express what I knew the world needed and to be an inspiration. And so every time that I practiced and I worked was to grow more, to be able to give more. And in one of my deep meditations, I had a vision of somebody from Asia that was going to come to me. And in that moment, I was going to know that that was the route that I needed to take. And I shared privately with Kakarot, the founder of Yoga Pets, that I felt that that was him. And we're actually, oddly enough, the same age, almost as if we, pre-lifetime, in spirit, coordinated all of this and came now together to join four forces as well as, you know, Keung with his tech mastery, it just started to make me feel like it was just a perfect balance and the right landing spot. So just understand that nothing comes overnight. Nothing comes without sacrifice. There is nothing free in this world. You need to work hard. You need to be very mindful of your health and you need to persevere. And one of the greatest traits that I have is perseverance. When I see something, I don't see obstacles. I just see these elements in the way that I am going to skillfully navigate past. They may be obstacles that are learning lessons that are there to teach me something, to make me stronger. But I remain fixed on the endpoint and how I'm going to execute to get there. So every week I plan, I think every day about what I'm doing what I did right, what I did wrong. I cut away things from my life that I know are a source of draining my uh, my energy. So I did that back in August when I met with Kakarot. I said, no, something's happening here. I need to cut off a whole bunch of stuff. And I started to cut back and streamline my life. And uh, I started to try to look for people to help me because I knew that by myself, I wasn't gonna be able to do it. In isolation, nothing grows. Just look at nature. Well, you really have a, a way with words. I'm, I'm truly fascinated by you and the message that you're trying to communicate. So earlier, I, I heard that you mentioned that you don't have more time than any of us here, but you still manage to get everything done. And you said that you have mastered the art of, you know, maximizing your time and, you know, being uberly efficient. So for us that are listening, you know, how do you manage your time and energy to successful successfully you know navigate all of the obstacles and you know getting everything done reaching that success while still maintaining you know balance in your life like do you have any tips and tricks for us that you can give us 
Oh, yeah. And that's going to be the whole kind of teaching process and the Digimonks is how do you do this? Well, there's like uh, certain things that a beginner will not be able to do, but I'll be teaching how to do this is how to access more energy. Most people live with a, a smidgen of the amount of energy they could have. And so there are certain techniques that I'm going to be teaching that start with the breath, but eventually just become a almost like mental thing that I do that I um, manipulate my body in a way to allow for the flow of energy to happen from the base of the spine up to the crown of my head. And so uh, another thing is I'm very um, aware of myself. So as I'm working, I'm really measuring how I feel. How I'm measuring um, my level of concentration. I'm feeling, if I feel like I'm not uh, creative in that moment, I know that I'm losing the flow state. This is why I teach a session on turning uh, stress into flow. It's like a beginning intro course on how to do this. And when I notice that I'm not at my peak, I step away. And then I'm going to do a series of things that anybody can do. Um, and some of them are more challenges, certain things you have to learn before you can become really proficient at some of the more higher level versions. But there's a lot of things that you can do to kind of reset, refocus, recharge. So what I attempt to do is, it's like a, being like a surfer that could ride a wave. And before that one wave dies out, that the, the surfer catches another wave. And so my object on a day-to-day -day basis is to continue to ride a wave every day. So I'm in a flow state every day. Another thing is that because I have um, mastered the art of compassion, compassion being the following, uh, there's one, there's passion, you living your own self-driven interests, what motivates you, what gets you out of bed. That could be one source of energy. If you're not living something that you're passionate about, it's going to be very difficult for you to get going. If I have a job that I don't like and my situation is difficult, it's going to be very difficult for me to feel motivated. That motivation is going to be felt neurochemically. The neurochemicals associated with drive like dopamine are going to be low in me. I may then seek out drugs to try to elevate that uh, level of feeling energetic or motivated or feeling good. But you can actually cultivate a state of being that is independent of drugs or technology. And I 100% I, I equate it to being, you know, you've heard the people that say, um, oh, I'm always in a natural high. That's not a, um, like a saying. It's actually a real state of being that you can learn to nurture and to uh, sustain for longer periods. And so another thing is that... As, as well as being mindful is that I always think about my day the, the night before. I don't end the day in a rush and just, you know, go watch Netflix and fall asleep. My, my wife is like that. She'll wake up, she'll get on her phone, she'll go do her stuff, goes to work, <laughs> gets home, watches Netflix, crashes and repeats. As much as I've tried, she just, you know, she won't uh, kind of shift towards other things, although even though she's an amazing entrepreneur. Um, but um, I will uh, very systematically uh, take my day and always be very thorough. I'll see how much time I have. You know, I may have teaching to do. I still do some teaching at a local school because I test some programs for young kids, as well as I want to be testing the app we're going to release 
in the school system because I want to change education. So I have a, lot, a very busy schedule, but then I see what I want to do that day. I have it already, organ- you know, I try to like put as much as I can into the calendar on my phone ahead of time. Otherwise I'll forget it. And uh, I fit in, in my day, micro practices sprinkled throughout the day to keep me energized and charged so that when I do have time to work, let's say on Web3 related stuff, because I may not be doing Web3 related stuff all day, I will be in a good mindset to be productive. Whereas when I, if I think about myself many years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to do this because I had not developed that skill yet, the skill to optimize my life. And so I kind of like mastered the art of optimization in a sense, optimizing my physiology, my biochemistry, my genetics, my lifestyle, et cetera, so that I'm able um, to do this. Another thing is, like I said earlier, cutting back distractors. That is probably the biggest source of dissipation of energy. It's people have to really see everything as energy. When, um, when I heard Michael Saylor speak once a long time ago, and he was talking about Bitcoin, it just blew my mind how, how he got it, how he got that everything is energy. And I understood how every one of our current systems of governance of um, social systems, of finance, etc., were all draining the planet of energy. They were so unsustainable and inefficient. And here I saw this code that had created what we call Bitcoin that had almost like perfected the ability to more efficiently um, protect our energy and to build it into the financial system. And when I saw that, I was like starting to realize, man, this really fits into the whole concept of, of health and wellness. And that's where I came up with the idea of eco-wellness, which I, I teach. And I'll be teaching that to, you know, in, in the products that I'm involved in. And uh, because every single thing that we have ever experienced is a natural system. However, they are all out of sync with nature. And so I realized uh, uh, some time ago that I needed to create within me a system that was in line with nature. And when I did that, I found that I started to become more harmonized and that my health reached another level and that my energy now was almost perpetual. So uh, to the point where um, I found myself with um, little need to eat as much as I would have been doing before to uh, my, my sleep now became more about quality rather than quantity. And so it really started to open more time to me. And in that time, I was able to focus and do more because I had drained out all the sources that were trying to steal or dissipate my energy. That's amazing. Peter. I got one question uh, for you. How do you do you also include physical health in your routine? Because in my life, to be you know fully straight with my mental health, I need to also have my physical health straight. I gotta be eating right. I gotta exercise. Because like you said, everything is energy, and I feel like your energy on your mind is also very aligned with 
how you use that energy, what you, what energy you ingest, which is like your food. So, you know, I want to ask you how how you take care of your physical health and your opinion on it. Oh, yeah. And everything is interrelated. The body is a gross manifestation of the subconscious mind. It's imagine a circle and in the, in the middle of the sphere, the sphere, in the middle, exact middle of that sphere, there's a dot. You are the dot. That's your consciousness. And that dot almost like vibrates and pulsates and generates vibrations that go outward. And as it reaches the outer core, you know, the outer shell of the sphere, it solidifies. That's the body, the solidified portion. So you are a disembodied being having an embodied experience. And I'll be teaching some of the science behind this, how to experience this directly at some later point in the future for, you know, people involved in my projects. And so um, all of it is interrelated. The, the spirit or the consciousness, the mind, which is uh, like a subtle version of, of your body, you could say, is like a tool. Your body is something that you move, you use to interact with the physical world. And so all of it is interrelated. If I don't take care of my, my body, it will impact my nervous system, which will impact the nervous system is like the, the kind of transducer the intermediary, the intermediary between uh, my disembodied self, this consciousness or spirit or whatever you want to call it, and the physical component, which is the body. And so the, what I do to my body will trickle into my nervous system, which will trickle into my mind. And so whatever I'm putting into my body, whether through my mouth or through my senses, impacts the stability of my mind. And this is something people don't get. Food is not just for nutrition. It impacts you at a subtle level. It impacts energy dynamics within you that can impact, for example, even my meditation practice, my ability to concentrate. So there are foods that exacerbate my natural tendency towards ADHD, for example, or towards inflammation or some other health condition. Um, at the same time, what I receive through the senses can really impact my overall well-being as well. Because my nervous system is a tuner, it vibrates. And if I'm receiving chaotic stimuli, it makes my nervous system fire in a chaotic, incoherent fashion. This is why sound can be so healing. And I did a session with the yoga pets on the healing power of sound. And I taught them a mantra, a healing mantra has been studied um, in like uh, case studies for the, its ability to heal. And I'll be teaching another one in the near future. So sound can be very healing coming through the ears. Sight can be very healing, especially if you are receiving the math and the technology that nature provides. Nature is ancient technology. It is not something that arose out of, you know, some random creation. It was actually designed by humans for the benefit of humans. And I'm not going to talk about now why is that, but... Um, when you study nature, you will see the intricate math that it, and the coding that is behind it. It is the reason why biology seems like an inferior science, because the math is too sophisticated. It's almost like very high level computer coding. And then you could think of like physics and chemistry as if you were just focusing on, on some simple code, like something very, very basic. 
and uh, nature is like the entire computer all at once, you know, or an, or an AI or something like that, something very sophisticated. And so through my eyes, I can receive good stimuli. This is why in Asia, in Japan, for example, they have forest bathing where people will go into a forest to receive a multisensorial healing experience. The sound that a bird makes is designed for a specific purpose. It's not just for the bird to communicate or mate or whatever they talk about in biology. It is actually designed for our benefit. Uh, the sound that a cricket makes, this is very interesting. Um, I've experienced this directly, is the sound that you will hear if you discover this inner um, vibration that you only hear when you become very still and concentrated. It sounds, in, in my experience, like crickets in nature. And it makes me think that those that created the cricket designed the cricket to remind and awaken humans to the inner vibration that is within them, that is the source of creation. So at every turn, there is there are things within us that can help us, but it becomes a lot more difficult, as you know, because the world that we live in, we don't have nature as accessible to us for the majority of the people. If I live in a city, I don't get that. The food quality is much worse than it used to be even 100 years ago. And so we have to actually start changing this. And we've made the soil quality poor. So I'm working with the Isha Foundation, Sadhguru's project, to try to do a cross-collaboration with the yoga pets. We've offered our services and advisory to help them launch their soil reclamation project. I'm interviewing a, a project on, on Monday that is trying to start a NFT, uh, launching an NFT project for uh, this kind of like vertical farms and sustainability and lowering carbon footprint to try to help uh, the situation that we have at hand so that our gener we don't keep living at the expense of future generations, which is what we're doing, or we've been doing for a long time. We need to start living so that our children and grandchildren, et cetera, have a world that maintains the richness and the beauty that mother nature has to offer. And so that's why I focus a component of what I teach always related to how to reconnect with nature because both of you being males and many people here in the audience being males, males are actually a lot more vulnerable to this nature deficit syndrome, this disconnect from nature. Well, that was, that was amazing. But, you know, I want to take it back what you said earlier which was that you micromanage how you're feeling throughout the day so you're constantly on flow state right so us humans are emotional characters and we are unconsciously driven by our you know emotion our day-to-day -day life so that makes us work towards things that we're towards things that we are like passionate about and we tend to work efficiently mostly when, when we are driven by motivation as I said before, you micromatch how you're feeling throughout the day. And if you're not feeling energized and in a flow state, you will step away from work and rest until you feel that you're connected again. So for somebody like me, it's hard to be constantly motivated and in flow state. And most of the times to get work done, I rely on my discipline. And I work through any type of condition, emotion, 
but I do realize that my output is not as good, you know, as like compared to when I'm motivated and in flow state. So where do you draw the line between working only when you feel grounded, connected, and in a flow state, um, and um, between pushing through and relying on discipline to get stuff done? Like, how do you how do you know when to like step away, and how do you know when to you know push through and uh, even though when you're not feeling it, you're not in flow flow and you're not connected to the work. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that uh, a lot of times we we have a hard time pushing through because we're misaligned. We may be misaligned with our greater purpose. Why are we really here? The moment um, that I realized what was why was I on Earth? What was the reason for me to be on this planet? It's a moment that everything I've done was always with that intention. And so that's one thing that can actually drive you past those moments that can be more difficult. I'm not going to say, you know, be here and say that everything is smooth ride. I said earlier that everything, you know, you have to push through. You have to persevere. There'll be moments where you may want to give up. But I always do one thing. I'm always like anchored in in a positive perspective where I will always seek outside of myself moments for inspiration. I share those with the DJ monks and the yoga pets. I'll share moments of inspiration like that with my wisdom nectar. If I find something cool on social media or an article or what have you, I'll write something up and I'll share it. Those moments of inspiration are what really then kind of get me to another level. Like I'll see somebody who's struggling, um, and that kind of elevates me to to work hard. I'll think about that person. I'll think about their struggle, like somebody that's here in the crowd that we started this series called How to Build Wealth and Power, Zygus. And his story is something to me is very inspirational because the fact that he came back literally from death uh, makes me sometimes, you know, if I were to complain about something, I'd be like, why complaining when this man came back from from really what somebody else would be a, just a living nightmare. And he's here, he's standing, and he's still wanting to improve himself and to help others. And so like, that really is something that really helps me. I do, um, I do find that in those moments where there's somewhat of a grind, not only do I, I do find most inspiration, but I also find moments for love and sharing. So f- finding people that, having people in your life that, care about you that that can give you an ear to hold you is important because that's a great uh, neutralizer of stress and fear and the things that may actually hold us back that may cause us to kind of cower a little or give up and so uh, oftentimes I, I I gain pleasure I've just developed a way that for me what I do now is my entertainment like Somebody may see me and say, man, you're such a workhorse. But for me, it's not work. It's something that I do with so much pleasure and love because I've, I mimic, I've learned to mimic Mother Nature. Mother Nature only lives to give and it doesn't, well, to give and receive. It's a reciprocity, it interacts in a kind of web-like fashion. That's why Web3 is very similar. And so... Mother Nature never asks for anything in return. It just does with so much love and nurturance. This is why in an event of mine, I I suggested the people that were there to read the book, The Giving Tree. So you can get an idea of 
of how it works. Um, in a sense, I live like the giving tree, like a mother that has a baby and the mother's just nurturing the baby. And as the ba mother just tells the baby, oh, I love you, baby. The baby bites one finger off and the mother's bleeding, but she just keeps loving the baby and holding it and caressing it. And the baby bites another finger and keeps doing that, but the mother doesn't care. The mother keeps nurturing. And for me, I live in that way. And I often start my spaces by saying that each and every person present in that space is the love of my life. Because I want to live in that way, that whatever I'm doing, creating is for the love of my life. And, you know, think about it. If you've ever had somebody that you've been madly in love with, how you can get so lost in that moment that nothing else matters. Everything evaporates. It's not about you. You're willing to do whatever it takes to win the heart of your beloved. And if you were to live like that, like if everybody were your beloved, that you would just collapse at their feet and revere them and honor them with your love and your action and your passion, and your service, then that opens the door. It's a gateway to a universe of infinite wealth that I want to share with others so that they can discover that if they were to shift their perspective, they would have so much more wealth and power than they currently have. But most people live like a sewer. They're just looking to take and they have a very narrow perspective and they miss the opportunity to fill themselves and fill their the space of their consciousness with goodness and become an overflowing fountain that can sustain others. So it's like, a, you know, I did a lot of preparation before I started doing this. I sometimes say, man, if I had known this when I was 20, I'd be a multi-billionaire by now. I'm so, you know, I, I fell behind. I could live in regret and think about it in a negative way. But I realized looking back that A, before I wasn't ready and I needed to do all of the preparation that it was necessary to be the vehicle that could deliver what my vision saw. And so, so that's where I always tell people, maybe it's not exactly the right time. And sometimes we try to force things and that's where we can like end up making the wrong decision. But if we are aligned with good intention and we uh, persevere and we look for inspiration and support, then we can sustain ourselves. But in fact, um, we have to be very vigilant about our mental and physical health because those are huge drainers of energy. Mental will be the silent killer is stress, chronic stress. And for the physical side is inflammation. The, a lot of the food we eat is inflammatory. And what both of those two elements do is that they drain our energy. Stress is very energy intensive. So is flow state. And so the way that I can support the flow state is by um, having, um, you know, a regimen of, of nutrition that supports a higher energy state, as well as I support it through breathing techniques, concentration practices, inversions, things that will stall the, the, the process of aging so that... Um, even though I'm 46, a lot of people don't, don't, are, don't, wouldn't think that I am. Um, you know, how much longer could I sustain that? Who knows? Because now I'm devoting a lot of my energy into the space. So that may actually drain me of some of the ability to hold back um, father time. So 
so that's a little bit. It's a it's it's a journey, and you have to just work at it a bit, a little bit at a time. Um, and what I would suggest is absolutely fit into your time uh, what we are building in this space. Make it into Digimonks, whether the genesis or the expansion. I'm already talking to an artist to work on the next phase for uh, really, uh, I think it's like a, a great kind of, I mean, I, the art that I have, I, I love with that, that my artist composer has made, but I think the next step is going to be like a cool um, twist, a cool kind of different version. So, uh, you know, join there, join the yoga pets or use the app and start to, uh, you know, follow me, learn, learn from, from what, I'm, what I'm explaining so that you can start integrating. It's all about integration. I could sit here and tell people all they want, but if they don't take action in the now, they don't execute. You know, that's why I don't guarantee anything because at the end of the day, I don't live another person's life. If they don't take action, they won't yield results. However, if you are in a space like this, then it's a step in the right direction. I have a healing tonic to offer the consciousness of any who is receptive. And I always tell people, be receptive. Be receptive to, to grace, the grace of God, the grace of guru, the grace of life, wherever you find inspiration. Be receptive to that light and that love and be humble. Sit and be receptive to receive the light that somebody may be able to willing to offer. I didn't know anything about crypto NFTs. And I, I was humble. I was quiet. I listened. I paid attention. I took notes. I saw what some communities did right and what they did wrong. I was in rooms with some of the top people in the space. And I listened to them. And I learned from their alpha groups and what have you. And I grew. And am I a an expert in, in NFTs and crypto. I mean, I do advise and consult, you know, but probably more of the inexperienced people. If somebody doesn't know much, they would probably think I'm a genius at it. Um, would I think I'm a genius at crypto NFTs? Maybe not, but I do do one thing, which is the following. Another key to success is whenever I do anything, I want to be a genius at it. I don't want to have as anything. So when you see me do something, be 100% certain that my entire mind, body, and spirit are in it. And I am committed to doing it to the highest of my capabilities. And I will stop at nothing to do so. And you can ask my wife who's seen me in action. And it's the reason why it's actually the inspiration behind my uh, ready-made genius program for younger kids. My wife saw me one day and she goes, you know what? There's, whenever you do something, you always, you, you've always done it in a way that is very elevated. You always push yourself to, to be like the best that you can be at it. And so like when I did sports, I wasn't like, a, I shouldn't have played basketball or anything like that. I lacked joints. I didn't have good body awareness. Uh, but I saw a kid walking on the sidewalk and he was doing some dribbling, whatever, you know, super cool, exotic between the legs, behind the back. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that one day. And I went from a clunky, clumsy athlete to an all-star in Puerto Rico playing basketball across the island until I retired because I knew I wasn't going to do that. Um, when I started yoga, it was the same thing. I didn't do it expecting any fruits. I did it because 
I just wanted to do it. I wanted to be good at it. I wanted to learn. I wanted to have fun. And so I just did it. And after a while, I realized, man, I've become really good at it. And I realized that when I measure myself with some of the gurus and masters that have come and gone, that I had reached a very high level of performance. So I don't call myself in the space a yoga master or guru just uh, at a whim. I say it very humbly because of I know what I've done and you know the time that I've put into it. Put in time for yourself. Treat your life as a business. Always nurture yourself. It is not selfish to do so. It's the only way that you can grow and that you can then offer people more. So I live like that every day, just trying to make myself a better recipient of the wisdom and the love that this universe has to offer so I can then, you know, kind of portray it as best as possible in a physical form. Because at the end of the day, um, this uh, person that you hear is nothing other than your very self trying to awaken you in the now. And when one day you will realize that this was just you, a reminder trying to awaken you to your greatest potential. And so if we all were to live like that, trying to maximize our potential and to bring it out in others, which looping back to what started this, the definition of compassion is that is compassion. Compassion is once you have reached the state of flowering, you offer your nectar to the world in an effort to get others to flower and offer their nectar and get them to flower and offer their nectar. And then in the process, we fulfill our life's mission. And so if we were to offer that, imagine how much more we would be receiving. This world instantly could become a star. But it doesn't because the people that reside in this planet continue to bicker, continue to fight, continue to antagonize and label and separate themselves and isolate themselves for no reason. Instead of coming together and building, I don't see Panas World or Yoga Pets or whatever, or the Lamas or any project as separate or competitor. I have always seen them as an ally that I'm building something together. I see the empty space as a place where the younger generation can now take over this world and together build a different future. And so that's what I'm gonna be talking about on, on next Wednesday, because you're going to see that there is a lot more to the crypto NFT space that fits in with other areas, with wellness, with spirituality, um, with entrepreneurship, um, with society, with renewing the planet. And so it's an opportunity for us to not just bank, which a lot of people want, they want to be wealthy from a physical standpoint, but also to be feel fulfilled. At the end of the day, we should not end our life with any regret. And that is the greatest pain you could ever feel. There is nothing. You could break your bones, have cancer for 10 years, whatever it is, you could lose the love of your life. There is nothing, I promise you, nothing like you are at your deathbed, about to separate from your body and you look back and what you see, you hate. You, are, you look at it and you feel all of this regret 
from all the missed opportunities of telling somebody that you love them, of lending a helping hand, of building a better future, whatever it may be. And I experienced that directly through the eyes of the soul that I was helping to separate from their body. Very recently, I told this story in a, in a, in a couple of spaces uh, about a month or so ago. And the pain that this individual felt was unlike anything I've ever felt to the point where since I was so connected to this individual, I burst out crying in a way that I've never cried before. And it made me realize that I needed to carry a message out there to tell people to start living their life to the fullest, to the richest, to start serving and loving and to live their passion so that then afterwards they could become a source of compassion to open the heart of another and allow their passion to flourish, which is what is my mission now uh, in this space. Sorry, I went on a little run there. And if you can, uh, please download this uh, recording. You can, I can explain if you don't know how to do it. Um, if you can download it from the archives and then send it to me, I appreciate it. I can give you my email. Of course, we can do that for you. Um, I'm, I'm really excited uh, with everything that you have said to us today. It's, it's truly inspiring. And I can even feel the energy through the screen. I'm really motivated right now. And you are you are you're great with words and i really do believe that the message you're trying to communicate will reach a grand scale and you will have a true impact in the space um following that um earlier you said that we need to repel negative energy away from our lives and honestly for me um everything i do on my day to day you know is about purpose meaning and following the things that fill me with the right energy, you know, and also repel negative energy away from my life. But I have to say that in today's society, we are taught to follow a certain paradigm and a set of rules. You can even call it, you know, a system of some, of some sort that has been set out for humans to work and stay organized in order for society to, you know, keep running in the way that it is currently running right now. So, Sometimes I get, you know, sucked back in into the system by either my peers or my family. And I get disrespected by them when I try to drift away and focus all of my time to, you know, this passion project of mine, which is, you know, the panels world. And what this does to me is it fills me with the wrong energy. And I feel like I, I feel like I need to dare to create sometimes because society expects something like out of you. Society expects something from you. And when you don't provide it and you're a maverick and you go the wrong, you know, when they go left, you go right. And you, when you're like a trailblazer, you feel like you're doing something wrong, even though you are, you are indeed following, you know, your true passion. So what should I do to break through the negative emotions and the barrier that, you know, society is trying to instill in me in order to successfully follow my passion and reach my goals? without without feeling bad about trailblazing and not satisfying the expectations that I are set out for me, you know, by my families, my my, my teacher, my mom. Oh yeah. I mean, there's so much, so much programming uh, put into us to cripple us. This is why I've made it a mission to try to not try but to reform education, to change it, to enhance it through technology. Because it all starts from day one. 
And that actually gives me an idea of like the first event that I'm going to host for the DJ Monks. I just have to get through the application. seems like every day there's just something that I need to do before continuing to fill. I'm like halfway filled. Um, but there's an event I want to hold that relates to what you said, which is what are the skills of a successful entrepreneur, a successful person? And what are the things that we can do to enhance them? And meditation is one of those things that can actually enhance that. It's to kind of like to almost like empty and purge. It's like a resetting of the system. So this is why I always teach techniques that do this. The breath can be very useful for this. When you start feeling like a little toxic, there's breathing techniques you can do to um, break that negative train of thinking and to allow the nervous system to almost like reset and disconnect. Your nervous system is like a, like a radio station that tunes into a specific frequency. And the moment that you're connected with something heavy, dense, you know, I experienced that directly. I, you know, I've had people that have told me, oh, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time with that, this or that? You know, for whatever reason may be, they may have meant anything wrong by it. Um, maybe they were worried or they thought that I wasn't going down the right path. But at the end of the day, um, I, I needed to be anchored in what I uh, felt was um, the future, what, what carried the vision forward that I had. And so in your case, you have this vision, you have this passion project. And even if people or the, the world doesn't, uh, it's not in line with it yet. Uh, it's not, like I've always said, it's not my, my job isn't to have people reach me. My job is to reach them. So my driver always is to overcome this, is to how can I get the message so that it's uh, more accessible? So like I'm an author and I have a book out and I was going to publish two more books that I had. And then I realized, man, the message is not going to get out if I do this the old way. The publishing of a book is like an outdated, um, I think it's something that's not going to exist in the future the way that it is now. I think uh, media is going to be multimedia and we're going to get a completely different experience. So I realized I needed to work at myself. So I think that one of the things to counteract this is to always focus on if you tune into it, what about you is causing you to tune into it? Once you find the source, you then remove the weed, then you don't have it be a problem. A lot of times, a lot of the things that we consider negative in the world, the things that are maybe uh, cause us to have false expectations or feel scared or, or feel like, like I don't, I'm not working in the space feeling like I need to prove anything to anyone. Um, I'm doing it because I, I just want to do it and I want to share something with the world. And so, and, and as I see that it, it's, it makes impact, that people give good feedback. I'm listening, I'm paying attention. This is why in a building like you guys are doing an NFT project is very beneficial because you can get that kind of feedback because you're working on the front lines with the people that you serve. I'm not starting a business as a CEO, just disconnected from the people that I serve. This is why, again, every business wants to get in this and, uh, because they realize that they can enhance their reach and their influence. And so it's, it's difficult. And I'm not going to tell you, look, that there aren't difficult moments. I have days where I, um, I've had where I felt kind of like a down, where I feel like things aren't working. 
where maybe I had a difficult time with my wife or my children where something happened or, or just things weren't working out in the NFT space. And so uh, those are the moments where we have to take a step back, go do something enjoyable. Like people say, you know, touch grass, get some sun, do something fun, laugh. Laughing is, I have this in one of my short stories and, and voice from to God that I'll show firstly with the DJ box is people don't realize that laughter is a human experience. Um, you start to see it manifest in primates, but it doesn't take full hold until you get to a human level. So humans have this unique quality to laugh and to heal themselves. Laughter is very healing. The chemicals that it releases are very beneficial. And oftentimes society teaches us to do the exact opposite, to cry, to cower, although crying is very healing as well, but to repress our emotions, to not smile as much, and to when we have difficult situations, to act in a kind of serious or quote-unquote mature way. But in fact, the best antidote is to laugh in the face of adversity. This is why the Buddha is depicted laughing. It is a very healing and powerful experience. And so the more that we can bring fun and laughter into uh, whatever we do, the better it is. And, and that's why I actually brought on one of the lamas. Some of the lamas here know uh, Crypto Spidey because I feel like people, people actually need um, individuals like Crypto Spidey in their community. People that are just happy and kind of passionate and go-getting and they just set this kind of like, and he has, he's known for his spread the love hashtag. It's that type of vibe that you want in your community. Um, so it's like, a, you know, if you don't have a Crypto Spidey in your community, you probably do. I mean, I feel like I haven't been in any business where there isn't a person like that. There's always this one person that everybody loves there's the school that my kids go to. There's this one guy. Um, whenever there's anything that involves something silly, he's the, call him. He's going to do it. Halloween, he has the best costume for Halloween. All the kids love this guy. And he's kind of like that, that example of a role model that we often have in our lives that we want to integrate. At every turn, there can be people there, again, as I mentioned earlier, to inspire us. It's like a... Um, Zygis, when he was telling his story about what he overcame, in moments of darkness, his consciousness automatically drew him to figures of inspiration that he had experienced in, in his young lifetime or that he had read or, or listened to a video or something inspirational, something that was able to carry uh, that person across a difficult uh, moment. So we, we have that within us. We just have to find it in different uh, ways and to take steps and time for that inspiration as well. We often don't. Um, should we grind sometimes, going to what you have mentioned earlier? Should we grind through experience? Um, some, I, I don't know that I, I grind through life. I don't know that I do it anymore. I, um, because... I have mindfully designed my life so that it fits my schedule. I don't, I, don't, I don't design people's lives. I teach them the skills so that they can design it themselves because at the end of the day, it's their life. So once you mindfully design your day, you will then in that day interject 
different activities and practices that will keep you in a more whole, complete, and vibrant state and more immune to the negative, uh, you know, to the so-called radio stations that are trying to kind of drag our vibration down. And in fact, disease itself is a lower vibrational state. Once you learn mental or physical, once you learn to kind of supercharge yourself, you start to resonate at a higher frequency that makes you immune to those lower level energies that then eventually take form in viruses and bacteria and imbalances in the body or the mind or the brain. And so we have to be very vigilant because not only is our health and well-being at risk, but our productivity and all sorts of other stuff as well. So uh, um, I have to uh, wrap it up soon because I have to take my son to a tennis. But I wanted to, if maybe if, we, if, you, if, any, if you have one more question or maybe bring up a person from the crowd to take a question, maybe we can do a, a giveaway or something like that. Oh yeah, I was just gonna ask you how how much much time you got left with us. But yeah, we can do another right. one in the future. Um, I'm more yeah. happy to schedule another one. So be great. Do you want me to bring someone up for for to wrap it up with some questions? Sure. I got some requests. Um, okay, guys, uh, request if you want to ask some questions. Right. I think yeah, you should bring would... up bring up Mr. Varma. He has yeah. been raising his hand for yeah, yeah. a lot of time. I mean, yeah, make sure your question, you know, good high quality question. Um, take advantage of the uh, people's time. I'll take a screenshot as well. Um, be- let me take a screenshot now, and then I'll run a, a giveaway on my own afterwards. Perfect. Uh, Mr. Varma, how are you? No, Mr. Varma. Hey, Mr. Varma. Uh, hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm doing awesome, bro. Like, uh, this place has been like really amazing. You know. It's been a while, like actually, someone talking about the the personal health, mental health, and all, right? Like uh, e- even right now, like I I lost in the space right now. Like I'm finding projects. I'm yeah, I'm doing like really uh, uh, hectic stuff. But this this space man, like baby, like bro, you 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 are very knowledgeable uh, on like how to control our mindset, like how to set our mindset right in the space like maybe in this bare time also right uh, it definitely uh, you know gave me a lot of insights on how to control and how to uh, improve in the space like positively right like uh, for the both parties so uh, it's been really amazing space guys thank you thank you appreciate it thank you so much yeah. for coming Remember the the everything of the universe is cyclical. There can be no bull market without a bear. There can be no light without dark. If everything were light, you'd be blind. If everything were dark, you'd be blind. You need both light and dark. You need contrast. 
That's what makes gives life its color, its meaning, its beauty. Everything is cyclical. I'll be teaching this at a deeper level for like health and other purposes, how you can align yourself with these natural rhythms. And so I don't look at the financial landscape and expect to be making money constantly. There'll be moments where things slow down and I have to work a little harder to maybe make the same that I did during a bowl. And so the when things slow down and you can't actually be as active as you were before, there aren't as many successful projects or what have you, it's a great moment to build. I find that the bear has been the most enjoyable for me because it's allowed me to be a lot more concentrated in what I'm doing and build and to offer, you know, high value spaces as much as I can. And so, you know, keep that in mind. Everything is, is cyclical and what comes around goes around and we just must embrace the very fact that nature operates in this way. Yeah, that totally makes sense, bro. Like, yeah, without light, there is no dark. Like, it, it, it is dependent. Like, we need bear. Uh, exactly. I, I'm actually, you know, um, from the last two months, I'm doing courses and I'm getting ready for the Web3 jobs, right? Like, I'm right, right now applying for uh, good companies in the Web3 space right now. Like, I, I want to contribute to the space, bro. Like, I, I want to be on the building side, not only on the participation side, right? Yeah, uh, that totally makes sense, bro. Yeah, some advice when it comes to, to looking for jobs on Web3. Um, just reach out, build your network, get into communities. Web3, it's all about connections. You know, from my experience building this project, everything has been about relationships and, and your network need to get to know people, get into communities, go into voice chats, get to know people. Um, one advice I will give uh, if you want to start working in web trees, maybe start reaching to communities and maybe offer yourself, you know, I can work for, uh, for you for one week, two weeks. Uh, I can do it for free just to, you know, you can see my work how how I can bring some spark to the community, bring people together. And I've like Bebe has said through the whole whole space has been when you give value, you will you will get value at the end. And yeah, that's one thing that for me has worked has been, you know, always give without expecting something in return. And, you know, the universe works that way. You will always get something in return when you give yourself value and to others. Yep. Yeah, I understood, bro. Actually, um, I I I I got selected as a mod for one project right now. So like, yeah, I'm getting started, bro. Like as you said, I'm I'm not charging anything at first. Like, yeah, percentage of mint and all is there. Uh, but yeah, like as you said, I'm I'm. Um, getting you said yeah and uh, you end up you end up uh, realizing that sometimes it's better to get an internship not paid to have access to someone of value or a project mm -hmm. of value or an influence you know somebody who can influence you in a positive way or teach you the skills the ropes rather than seek a job that will pay you well, but doesn't get you where you want to go. So 
make sure to have a clear vision of where you see yourself five, 10 years down the road and make sure that whatever you're doing now is a step to get you there. And if we need to do things to make ends meet, to pay the bills, let's say, then I do that. But I must organize my day to find time to do other things that get me towards my dream. This is the main obstacle that people have is that you will never just out of the blue have the freedom to live your passion and your dream. And you have to fit it into your schedule while you're doing your everyday whatever. I'm sure everybody here has had to hustle and do things that they haven't liked. And so if I don't manage my attention well, and put it in the right places during my free time, I don't open the door later to make my dreams come true. I will always be a slave to the system, the slave to the boss that I'm currently working for because I can't get out of the rat race. The only yeah. way to get out of the rat race is to take the little time you have left and maximize it every day as much as you can. You know, Maybe exactly. you take a day off during the weekend or what have you. But at the end of the day, you have to find those moments to build and build your dreams. Otherwise, you won't make them into a reality. All right. Thank you for the question. And uh, uh, I'm going to have to step away. But for those who are here, um, the Panos World is go was going to uh, run. Uh, could, should we like a, maybe if you guys could put a tweet up, maybe um, the listeners here can uh, retweet it and comment what they liked about the spaces. And... Uh, and then uh, you guys can do Twitter pick or something and pick, a, you know, however many you want for uh, a whitelist for the Panos World. And then I'll run a, uh, a giveaway later for the screenshot I took. Yep. Let's do that. Perfect. So well, they're going to post a up. tweet. Uh, and then you guys, uh, whoever's here wants to participate, just comment. What was, what did you find most valuable about the spaces today? And, you know, throw some love towards the Panos World. Uh, and the comment, and then they'll do a Twitter picker and uh, and uh, announce it maybe later or as soon as they can. All right, um, I gotta go take my son to tennis, but it's been a pleasure. Just hit me in uh, DMs. I already put you in contact with uh, the lady for the the uh, it's called Canopy Shootout. Really cool show. You like it, and um, and then just let me know if you want to do something in the future. I'm really happy. I really like the you guys. Your vibe. Hey, jo Jossie, are you from Latin America by any chance? I feel like you have yeah. a Latin American accent. Yeah, I'm from Panama, Panama City. <laughs> I knew, I knew it. I know my yeah. language. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm originally from Puerto Rico. Oh, nice, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, we're both from Panama, the founders. Yeah. Oh, nice. Is Panas like maybe from Panama City or something? Like yeah, it's called, come yep. from, from a slang from Panama. Yeah, means friends. Yeah. Oh, yep. nice. Yeah, I, I actually was looking into real estate there. I've always, I've always it's like, um, it's a, it's a place that could be uh, very up and coming, like many Central and South American countries that are taking advantage of the shift and are getting into crypto quickly. Um, so cool, nice to meet you. Just let me know in DM and I'll be at, um, ready to serve. Absolutely, thank you for your time yeah. today. It was an amazing space. Yeah, thank uh, you so welcome. much. Yeah, people, don't leave friend. yet. Uh, wait for the tweet and comment, retweet, and you'll enter for a chance. I'm, I'm, I'm in the private Discord. I was looking forward to getting to this project, so 
take a look, get to know, read the, their, you guys have a light paper? Yeah, you do, right? On GitHub, yep. right? Yeah, we yeah, have so a GitHub. Re yeah, read the GitHub, see what they're doing. Um, the art is super cool. All right, I love their vibe. So, all right, take care, people. Love you all, and peace out. Take care. Thank you so much for Thanks being here. And Okay, everybody. I'm making a tweet right now. All of you, you can comment uh, your favorite part that you learned today, and we'll pick some winners, all right?